What's up? What's happening, everybody? Welcome to episode number 83. Thinking logically, the sons of liberty are back, or should we call ourselves the dads of liberty? Just two dads fighting the culture wars out here. Joe, what's going on? How about the fathers of liberty? I like the fathers of liberty. Fathers of liberty. That's a good one. Hold on to that. It's, uh, it's, I don't know, man. I blew this Christmas season. It's the decorations. We've gone through like three or four sets. You see, for those of you that can't see it on camera, I have a giant nutcracker behind me. It looks like it's about to take a bite out of my head <laughs> as if my head were a pistachio nut or something right now. But uh, yeah, I just, I'm still doing the Christmas plan. We got a party coming up here in like a week or so, and we got a lot to get done, man. I, I love the holidays, but this is, it's it's very stressful. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Uh, well, we've seen uh, some uh, some big things come out of the sports world in the last week. Some big things come out of the po- political arena in the last week. So let's dive into it. Uh, we have, um, we're going to start off with families of hostages. Joe, how do you want to begin this episode? By the way, before we begin, we want to welcome all of our New listeners across the world. Can you believe that, Joe? I never thought we'd say that when we started this thing over a year ago. But we want to welcome all of our new listeners in Vietnam. So we have listeners all the way in Vietnam. So we thank you for listening. And thank you, all of our new listeners. Um, we're growing by the week, by the day. So, um, Joe, floor is yours. Okay, speaking of listeners, let's start off with someone that's not listening, and that is the Biden administration. And who's he not listening to? Apparently, the families of American Israeli hostages that are being held captive in Gaza. This is this is from uh, this is from CNN, and the headline will kind of like it's one of those headlines that'll just come out and get you. Families of several U.S. Israeli hostages not invited to White House Hanukkah event despite asking to attend. And I'm going to play the. This is a Hanukkah reception that the White House is hosting tonight uh, to celebrate the fifth night of Hanukkah hosted by the president uh, and the first lady. And what one of the family members uh, of the families that uh, have their family members that are missing in Gaza still believed to have been abducted by Hamas on October 7th. They told me that they had reached out to the White House uh, because several of the families were in town this week, had asked for an invitation to this event, uh, but that they ultimately did not get invited. The White House did not uh, respond to a request for comment. Uh, look, these are family members that are desperately trying to bring attention to the fact that there are still uh, eight dual American citizens that are still missing, that are still unaccounted for. Uh, obviously, the formal negotiations to get more hostages out. We saw those. Uh, not to quote Star Wars, help us, Joe Biden, your only hope. But uh, this is an appropriate action. I guess, by the Biden administration, according to numerous Ivy League deans and professors. Mark, what do you say? Uh, I, this is an odd one. I, I have not heard of this until until we just recorded, you know, until we just jumped on here. Why would they want to go to a Hanukkah celebration at the White House? This is where I'm confused. I mean, maybe it's just to bring attention to the fact that their loved ones are still in Gaza. And honestly compared to which we're going to get to next compared to the big guy not not the big guy but the other big guy from ukraine zelensky that's in town it's almost like joe biden doesn't give two shits about israel or the american hostages that are being held captive in israel it's just hey we got to get more money to ukraine guys let's go i mean that seems to be their singular focus is is ukraine and giving more money to ukraine 
Um, but this this whole thing with the uh, not accepting or not, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, Joe? Welcoming these families of these hostages to a Hanukkah celebration at the White I'm even surprised they're having a Hanukkah celebration at the White House, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but uh, is this an appropriate action according to numerous Ivy League deans and professors? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. We saw, speaking of that, we saw the uh, president of the University of Pennsylvania. What's her name, Joe? Liz McGill? Yeah, I think it is. She, it's McGill. She resigned. Um, but we saw at MIT, the board is backing the president there. I forget her name. And uh, the board of trustees is also backing the Harvard president, Claudine Gay. So she's uh, under some fire herself uh, in, a, in a plagiarism uh, scandal uh, regarding her PhD dissertation. But Looks like those two college presidents are safe with the University of Pennsylvania after they had a donor say he was going to pull a $100 million donation to uh, the Ivy League school there in Philadelphia. She's out. But um, so some some interesting developments coming out of the Ivy League, Joe. You won't have your son applying to any Ivy League schools, will you? No, no. He might be smart enough to get in. We're already hearing some first words, though. So... <laughs> um. Yeah, but, it's all about that. Just proves that it's all about the money, don't you think? It, it, it's you saw one out, one out of the three were reprimanded by or by fired only because money was at stake. So yeah, and that seems to be the same situation. Like I said, with Ukraine versus these Israeli families that their their, their family members are being held hostage. Money has to go to Ukraine. Ukraine is the issue, not a hostage. It's all about getting Zelensky his payday. And you know what, Mark? Let's delve into this the, the whole Ukraine Zelensky thing. How about this? He was speaking to members of our Congress about military aid. This is this is today. This is going on today. Um, let's see what happened behind closed doors here. This is from MSNBC about a half hour ago. The room, which is really a sticking point to this larger conversation about aid and a supplemental package by the end of the year, is what's going on in terms of border security. We know that immigration was brought up in the room. Senator Durbin telling one of our producers here that Zelensky underscored the fact that if Ukraine were to lose this war, there would be even further migration issues because Zelensky said many people would come from Europe to the United States, only making this immigration crisis that much worse. But wait, hold on. So first of all, let me just stop it there. The guy's waltzing around in the, the, the halls of Congress. He doesn't even have the decency to put a suit on. He's walking around that green shirt like he always has. And is he threatening us that we're going to have worse immigration if we don't pay him off? Is that what you're hearing, Mark? I mean, he got his, his wardrobe playbook from John Fetterman. I mean, give up the green sweatshirt and the cargo pants. All right. Put the suit back on, please. I mean, you are a world leader. Why are you showing up like this to Washington, D.C.? This would be like uh, FDR wearing uh, military fatigues in the middle of World War II or something like that. Winston Churchill. But how about Lloyd Austin? The Secretary of Defense basically threatening the members of Congress a few days ago by stating that if we didn't send Ukraine more money, then they were going to send the sons and uh, brothers and uh, all of that stuff to Ukraine to fight 
against Vladimir Putin and the Russian troops, Joe. Mark, how good's your memory? If you recall, Jack Posobiec made an AI video of Joe Biden installing the draft and that exact scenario happening. And it appears as if the American public and population is being now threatened with that. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. I remember the AI uh, audio that he made uh, about that. It was exactly what you just said. So my question is, how are people dumb enough to think that Vladimir Putin just wants to conquer Ukraine and conquer all of these former Soviet states in Eastern Europe? People, Joe, people actually believe this is what he wants to do. That he wants to go out and, and usher in a new Soviet Union. That he's going to storm through Kiev and conquer Ukraine and then take Poland next and all these other countries. People are dumb enough to actually believe that. That's because no one's really explained to them that, no, that's not what happened. It's just NATO over the past 20 years, longer, even after an agreement never to do so, has moved closer and closer to Russia's borders every few years. And it just got to a breaking point, not last year, not two years ago, but when Obama was in office in 2014, when they took back the Crimea. Yeah. And it's been at just a... I don't know. You never really heard anything about it during the Trump administration. You never heard of Ukraine. And that's had to do with Joe Biden and Trump being impeached over it. And now all of a sudden this is news. It's because they want a war and they are encroaching on Russian territory. Mark, we'll go through the whole thing right now. Um, John Kirby. Here's here's a good audio of John Kirby. Um, Let me pull it up. Now, he's claiming that the Houthis are pulling the trigger and Iran's providing the guns. And this is him in the in the press briefing maybe maybe last week. We certainly have every reason to believe that they're being enabled by Iran. As the National Security Advisor said just the other day, the Houthis are pulling the trigger, Iran is providing the guns. It would appear to me, if you're on the Russian perspective, that Ukrainians are pulling the trigger and the Americans are providing the guns. And we'll get to this later. Guyana, are we really going to see the Venezuelan army with the backing of the united states invade a country and take two-thirds of their land at least that's our sphere of influence i guess though mark but do you see how if you're russia like what leg do we have to stand on that's not our territory ukraine isn't a nato country yet we are using them as a proxy for a war with a war world power does anyone else see it mark anyone no it's 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 the people believe that we need to keep backing Ukraine in perpetuity until Russia surrenders, basically, or quits. I think that's the thinking. Like, this should go on forever until Russia says, okay, enough's enough. Joe, I, I honestly truly believe that all Putin wanted was some sort of buffer between Russia and Ukraine, which is basically... You know, as, as you just mentioned, you know, dying to be a part of NATO and the European Union. And he got that by taking the Donbass region of eastern Ukraine. Which speaks Russian. Yeah, which speaks Russian. They're going to hold Russian elections here, I think, in the next couple of weeks I just read. And I feel like this is good enough for Putin. He's not going to storm through Ukraine and take the country. There's no one who could possibly think that that is going to happen. But there are millions of people that do, Joe, which is the crazy part. Um, 
we were talking before we jumped on about that World War II new uh, new World War II show series that's on Netflix called World War II from the front lines. Which, by the way, if you're listening, it's brand new on Netflix. If you have Netflix, go on and watch it. It is freaking incredible. I'm Can't excited to watch it. the final four episodes. But, you know, they were talking about an episode two last night, how the United States was providing aid to Great Britain and France before they became involved militarily in World War II. In aid, when I when I say aid, I mean not tens of billions of dollars. It's, you know, uh, aid that can help the British and the French uh, fight the Axis powers. So is this similar? Absolutely not. All right, this is nowhere near the same situation um, because uh, it just seems like this money we're sending over and all, this, all these things we're sending over to Ukraine you know, how do we know it's being used as like we want it to be used for? You know, there's so much corruption involved anymore, especially with all the auditing and, and, and things like that we have today where we can account for all this stuff. And somehow yet it's being just abused. And like you said, we are fighting a proxy war against Russia via Ukraine. OK, so this is not like World War Two whatsoever. Um this this just needs to come to an end. You know, you said, told me the other day, you know, it's over for Ukraine. And then we see that Zelensky's coming to Washington to hold out, hold out past the cap. See if anyone's going to put a couple bucks in the collection basket. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to happen or not. We mentioned this in the last episode, Joe. How crazy is it that in order to secure the border... We have to negotiate border secure our own border security with money that we're going to be sending to Ukraine. So with threats from the leader of Ukraine. Yeah, and with threats from our our, our own Secretary of Defense. Yeah. Hey, you know, if you don't if you don't send money over to the oligarchs, we're going to send your kids over there to fight. I mean, that's what he said. How crazy is it? You know, going back to that World War II thing, America used to stand for so much, so many, so much more, you know, I, I don't know what the word is, but we don't stand for that today. It, it, we stand for corruption and, uh, you know, paying off the oligarchs so we can launder money back to the politicians here. Do you think there's any World War II veterans that are like, wait a minute, I remember this. I was 16, 18 years old when this happened. We literally armed the Russians to fight the Nazis, and now we're arming the Nazis to fight the Russians. That's a great point. It's a great point. It is. It's it's World War hypocrisy. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, we we are trying to secure our southern border. The Democrats, who are just obsessed with open borders, Joe. Don't want to make those negotiations happen because they're obsessed with open borders. I mean, how crazy is it of, of this world of this country we live in that we can't secure our own border because the Democrats want an open border? Even if it means, even if it means, Joe, not sending the $60 billion more to Ukraine that they are asking for. It's insane. It, it's almost as insane that we have to multitask everything. I mean, we're 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 like a schizophrenic over here. We have to fund thirty bills in one bill. 
30 things in one bill. You can't just focus one at a time, one at a time. Everything's got to be tied in with one another so you can get your backroom handshakes. And it shouldn't be like this. And it sucks that it is. I know. But, hey, that's the world we live in. And, you know, we're going to see if something is going to happen here in the next probably week or so. Because is Zelensky going to go back to Ukraine, Joe, with his tail between his legs? having been unable to secure money that he came over here for? Well, don't or, forget. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. Go I was going to say, or are we going to give him the $60 billion? Don't forget a famous boxer who has name recognition, Klitschko, who was filmed fakely holding a machine gun on top of a roof as if he was fighting off the Russian, the Russian waves, which was a stage photograph. We'll get into that at a later time anyway um he could be the next man up for ukraine and we forgot to mention that Zelensky addressed the u.s military officers at the national defense university i think yesterday yep maybe he thinks this the military is so woke what the hell might as well give it a shot maybe i'll i'm surprised he didn't take his uh whatever that man woman thing that was given i don't know it, it, it was like tokyo rose but for Ukraine. Do you know who I'm talking about? It was a transvestite. Uh, I'm not sure if I know. Like you, it was like Ukraine's hype man for the war. Okay. Um, let me just type in training Ukraine and see, see if his or her name comes up. <laughs> um, Sarah Ashton Carrillo, a transgender soldier from the, from the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a transgender soldier from the U.S. in, in the military. Ukrainian military. Yeah, she's a Ukrainian military spokesperson. Definitely spokesperson. Uh, here's another thing. This is just in from Disclose. Zelensky told U.S. senators that Ukraine is considering conscription of men over 40. Yeah. Huh. Mark, that's hope I, that's insane. Conscription, meaning they're going to... What, like the, draft like those the over 40? Like, like the Russians did during like the battle of Stalingrad and, and before that, whenever it wasn't looking too bright for them, they would just gather a bunch of men, give them a six round magazine and say, get out there. Yeah. Sounds like the roles have completely reversed. And these are 40 year old men, Mark. Can you imagine me and you in a foxhole right now with your wrist and in, in my back and neck? Yeah. I know. No, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine these places, Joe, you know, I wake up every morning and I think, thank God we live in the United States of America. Because there's other places on Earth like the Gaza Strip and Ukraine that are legit hell on Earth. Um, so I'm still bullish on the United States. But I heard the other day, I don't know where I heard this. But they compared the United States in the current period we're in right now, the current cycle, we'll call it, to the Weimar Republic, Joe. And I know you're going to appreciate this. Because in the Weimar Republic which was basically the name for the German government between uh, 1918 and the beginning of the Nazi Germany in 1933. Uh, it says here, political violence or political turmoil and violence, economic hardship, and also new social freedoms and vibrant artistic movements characterize the complex Weimar period. Also, because, what, Joe? They printed money Inflation. Right? Yes. to pay the reparation debt and they had hyperinflation. Um, the government here, it says, had to print 
million mark notes than billion mark notes. Because in just, I think, nine years, I think it was from the, or no, well, from the end of World War One, which was like three years later, prices had risen by some 700%. A big reason why is uh, it got it got the hyperinflation when the, the government told the citizens don't work and they paid them anyway. And the reason why they told them not to work is because all the goods they were producing was going towards France. They had to pay off their war debt. You understand what I'm trying to say? So they, they tried to do like a form of like uh, soft resistance by not working and it caused hyperinflation. We had a lot of people not working in this country, Mark. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what unemployment numbers say at all. We are headed down the same exact road. And honestly, it's not, we owe people money. Just like Weimar, the Weimar Republic owed the allies. I'm going to, what the total was. We owe someone money, Western Central Bank. We're $34 trillion in debt. And we're going through about what? 200 billion a month almost now. I don't understand where this ends. You know, you're right. We do. We owe somebody money. Someone, right? Trillion dollars of it. How does it end? When do these people start saying, hey, give us our money back? I, I, I just don't see how this doesn't end in hyperinflation and doesn't end the same way the Weimar Republic came to an end in Germany in 1933 with the rise of Adolf Hitler. But that is what you get. Um, who knows? We're going to be allowed to see it, most likely. You know? So. You got through the, the winter of severe illness and death. We should be good. <laughs> it's. <laughs> let me go back well, to. You, so you think you think war and famine is the next thing, the next card? I don't think it's war and famine. I don't know. Famine? I don't know. That's, famine could be anything. Famine could be like in, as a result of inflation, hyperinflation. Famine could be, hey, you don't have the money to buy anything or we don't have the money to put gas and diesel and drive the stuff around the country like you know we do, like the supply chain stuff. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a nuclear winter causing a famine. I don't know. It would be cities. You understand? It would be cities suffering from the famine. Yeah. You don't yeah. you'd be stuck in a city. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't know how this is going to, how this is all going to end, but it's going to be interesting when it all does come crashing down. I mean, you would have, if the United States economy were to crumble and, and collapse like that, I mean, you would have, it, it would, it would affect every single part of the world pretty much. Yeah. It would be a complete domino effect. And um, like we've been saying on this podcast, it might affect, it's going to affect everyone. It might affect some countries less and those are going to be, countries that like the BRICS nations and stuff like that that are producing stuff and have an actual real currency that isn't fiat debt currency yeah well we uh we're gonna see what's what happens here with all of this in the next few years I mean we I don't know if you heard the listen to all the Alex Jones oh we're gonna get to that in a little bit but you know they kind of touched on that interview in that interview with Tucker Carlson. We're going to, we'll get to that. And eventually, um, you know, in, in the future plans for, 
the uh, the citizens of the world by the global elite. So, uh, what's going on with Guyana, Joe? Okay, so Venezuela. We missed this last week. It completely flew. Just I, I don't know how I missed this. Venezuela apparently held a referendum vote last week, and it decided, hey, we're annexing 160,000 square kilometers or acres or something of Guyana. And uh, some background. This is from Rory Johnston. Territorial dispute is more than a century old, but has taken on far more serious and immediate tone following the discovery of the vast Guyanese oil reserves. So I guess there's a lot of oil in the region. And is the, the United States totally fine with this, Mark? Let's, let's bring up a few points here. Number one, do you think Russia will send weapons to Guyana and do our sphere of influence? Like we're sending weapons to Ukraine into Russia's sphere, sphere of influence? You see how this works, Mark? That's just point one. Do, do you see how this works, though? So where do we go from, from here? Are, are, are we going to allow this land grab in our sphere of influence by Venezuela. Are we just going to sit back and do nothing? I, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about Guyana. It's policies. It's it's politics, anything. But Mark, doesn't this seem a little bit anti-democratic? Are we about to lose another democracy under Joe Biden? <laughs> so wait a second. All right. First of all, Venezuela sits on the largest oil reserves. When I heard this, I, I was floored. Venezuela sits on the largest oil reserves in the world. In the world. More than the United States, more than Saudi Arabia, more than Qatar, more than Iran. In the world. So, Guyana, I'm just looking at some of these tweets here underneath this. Uh, they haven't, their success of their country's recent offshore oil exploration has propelled them into the fastest growing economy on earth. Right. And 95% of the people in Venezuela allegedly uh, back this territorial claim. Okay. From Venezuela on Guyana. Joe, wouldn't, wouldn't the Russians be sending weapons to Venezuela? I, I, Rather I don't than know. Guyana? Maybe, maybe they should, they could send the point I was trying to make is they could send weapons to one of those two countries in our sphere of influence, which is about maybe 200 miles from the tip of Florida. We'll say maybe a little over 200 miles from the tip of Florida. And uh, uh, more I, than you're thinking of, you're thinking of, you're thinking Cuba. of Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So regardless, it's, it's still, it's still in our sphere of influence. It's in the Western and, hemisphere. About that. It's, in, it's by the Panama Canal too. And we're, and we're just going to let it happen. We, we wouldn't be able to say anything because we're doing the same exact thing to them. All that could result is an escalation of war. Do you see the problem here with us getting involved in other places across the world, whether it be in the Middle East, Ukraine, anywhere? Now we have we, we have no high ground to stand on because it appears as if Venezuela is going to invade and annex two-thirds of a country. No, I see what you're saying because you're – I think I see what you're saying because you're saying – Shouldn't we go in and defend Guyana, right? If Russia is going to say, hey, we're going to take this land here. Or I'm sorry, if Venezuela is going to say, hey, we're going to take this land because we want your oil over this hundred-year-old dispute over this land, the same way we went in to defend Ukraine because Russia wants the Donbass region. Are we going to hit Venezuela with any more sanctions like we did Russia? 
Are we gonna try to kill their currency like we did Russia? Or you can go, you can go on for hours. This is it's it's all across the world, the, the hypocrisy here. And and honestly, it's an unforced error on our part because we didn't have to send anything at all to Ukraine. We could have just sat back and said, What is Russia's deal here? What are they trying? You know, we didn't have to encroach onto Russian borders after there was a treaty signed 30 years before that. And whatever happened within biolabs, how many times do we have to talk about that? That just flew under the radar, didn't it? But the, the, the point is, this is our sphere of influence. This this should scare a lot of you. This is this goes back to like the Monroe Doctrine stuff, Mark. Right? You're right. You're right. This is interesting. Um, you know, normally Guyana wouldn't be on anyone's radar. But with Venezuela basically saying, hey, we're, we want your land. We're going to take this. We're going to annex it. Do something about it. You know, interesting. So um, keep an eye on it. Interesting doesn't say the, the least for this this next one. Don't forget, Mark, about China. Now, this is from Fox News. With China's People's Liberation Army have infiltrated critical services here in the U.S. Alexandra Hoff joins us now from our nation's capital. Alex, this is not good. So China hackers have infiltrated the <laughs> U.S. people structure. Um, actually, right where, where we grew up, Mark, Alacoba, PA, had, what was it, their water facilities hacked or something? That wasn't by China, but still, it was by supposedly the by the, 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 the Cyber Avengers. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Juanita Broderick, Broderick, she brought up a good point about this China hackers thing. Remember when China's spy balloon, remember China's spy balloon that was allowed to gently foot across our nation while Biden did nothing? Here's the results. And she has a point. I mean, according to Joe Biden, we were collecting a lot more about that spy balloon than it was collecting about anything of ours. And now all of a sudden, less than a year after the spy balloon hits the shores here, we got yeah. a bunch of cyber attacks and things going down. Weird, isn't it, Mark? Cyber army. Joe, we've been told that the next generation of warfare is going to be uh, through cyber, right? Through cyber crimes uh, and things of that nature, in the words of Mike Tomlin. Um, I, You know what? This is great timing because you know what's coming today, Joe, that I bought on Amazon uh, a few days ago, two days ago. Uh, is my hand crank solar powered radio? So, ham radio. You got a ham radio. Not a ham radio. It's just a uh, a radio that would be able to be used in uh, like charge electronics. Uh, in not it's not attached to power at all. I got this idea from listening to Dan Bongino actually, where he said, you know, you should have one of these on on in your house at all times in the event our electric grid gets you know, packed into or were shut down. So I bought one. It was 20 bucks on Amazon. I figured out, eh, you know, something happens and at least I have something here uh, where I'm not going to, you know. Send me the link. I actually might be interested in buying one because um, I'm not going to be like the professor in Gilligan's Island over here making a radio out of a coconut, I don't think. <laughs> so I would definitely send you the link. But um, yeah, so we've seen water systems come in under attack, you know, again, right here in our backyard, literally. Um the electro grid would probably be next for me, you know, if they wanted to inflict some serious damage. How does this happen, Joe, by the way? Like, don't we have like the best and brightest 
you know, working to make sure this doesn't happen? I think just the last few years, they've just been told they were the best and brightest. I think we got rid of the, a lot of the best and brightest um, or just flat out didn't listen or believe what they were saying. Yeah. And you see what's happened the last three or four years. And my and next I, question, Joe, is, and I, I don't, I know you don't expect you to know the answer to this, but this is like a rhetorical question almost. How do they know that when the Chinese, how do they know that the, 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 the cyber army has invaded the systems, you know, how do they, how do they know that they're actually like here? If you a great question, you know, um, but don't rule out more cyber attacks. Again, if you wanted to inflict serious damage, you could go for our water supplies. You could go for the uh, gas pipelines and you could go for electricity. That would Dolphin. cause mayhem in this country. Can you imagine, Joe, if we lost electricity in this country, they were to shut down the grid, just say for 72 hours, Joe. I mean, how much, what kind of damage would that inflict on this country? We would be we would be fine. We would survive, don't get me wrong. But there are people that literally would, would die after 24 hours if measures aren't taken. Think of people on life support. Think of people in the hospital. Think of people that need oxygen 24-7. Think of people on the road. There's no more red lights that you can't, you know, Driving is going to be a lot harder. Everything, anything and everything you could think of. Um, I, I was saying about Trump because I always joke about the Space Force. He should run on creating a new, another one, the Cyber Space Force or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But I just don't understand how this stuff happens. I mean, you have these, you know, people that are in cybersecurity that are there. This is their job to prevent stuff like this from happening. You have brilliant minds here in this country. And we're getting taken to the woodshed by the Chinese, the North Koreans. I mean, come on. But, Joe, I like—I know we like the war game. You brought up a good point. If something were to happen to the electric grid and we were to be shut down for like 72 hours, just say, just throwing it out there, three days. I mean, would they call for another, you know, lockdown almost or, or, or a, a shelter in place type of They'll do martial law, I think, if they have to. It all it all depends how 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 far they want to press it and how people react. So anything and everything is going to be on the table. The question I would ask is, like COVID, is this all intentional to get to get you down this road? That's a good point. I just I I, I don't know. It's 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 crazy that you know, four or five years ago we were talking about football and and, and March Madness, and then. Now look at look at all the stuff that's happened since what what was it March of twenty twenty? You know, it's just, how how did it happen this quick? Like uh, maybe it's been happening for so long and we just haven't been noticing and right. we're awake and we're noticing more. That's probably more realistically what's happening. But it's just it's insane that this is actually we have to question if the people that were elected, selected, whatever you want to say, legitimately care at all about us or if they really hate us and want us dead. You know. We've mentioned it before, Joe. We've mentioned it before on this show. That Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum has called or predicted or said there's going to ha happen a massive cyber attack that will make COVID look like nothing. So we didn't say it. Not our words. So, And then Bill Gates said there'd be a civil war. Yeah, we're just... 
don't want to get me started on that. I have my theories on that and how that would happen. Um, and I don't want to talk about that. So um, let's move on to the Biden Inc. Uh, so, Joe, we saw some new information come out this week, including Hunter Biden, the way he's been spending money. Big indictment, Joe. Big indictment. Um, th- and I, I'm sure you're going to get into this, but I have to ask before you start uh, with this next topic. Are they done with the Biden family after this indictment? Is this the end? I, I think I don't even know if we reached the beginning. We haven't really had anything happen because every time he goes to court, something happens. This happens. He plead. He never goes to jail. He never he, he escapes. Then he has to testify in front of Congress. Whoops! He gets indicted again. This time, wait a minute. Let, let me let me let me fact check the number because it's it's almost impossible. One point seven. Um, we'll say almost one point seven million in cash, and I think almost all of it came out of. ATMs, there'd be about a thousand dollars a day taking out of the ATMs if you do it every day for 365 days. That's still only three hundred sixty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, I told you I couldn't. I, I, I mean, everyone's been with ATM. Everyone, knows, everyone knows you can't take that much money out of an ATM. Well, God forbid you send someone a PayPal for six hundred one dollars, they'll break down your door and say, "Hey, you got to pay Uncle Sam a percentage of that." <laughs> How much did he spend on hookers? It says 1.7 million. I thought I had a tweet that broke it down between hookers, um, cash withdrawals, Wells Fargo transactions. I, just, I think a lot of Wells Fargo checking account. Um, I just Googled Hunter Biden prostitutes. Literally, all of these headlines are popping up. Hunter Biden, this is from Newsweek, spent $872,000 on hookers, porn, and sex club memberships. How freaking sexually charged is this man? He had his own account. I I never looked it up, I swear to God. But he had his own account on one of the porn sites where like, he had videos that he made. And imagine that. The president's son was on, what is it now? You porn? I I don't even know what people look up anymore. Anyway. He was spending $10,000 on a sex club membership. (laughs) The president's son. Can you imagine this was Don Jr.? They already were calling him a cokehead, but he would—he did nothing wrong. Uh, State's money was spent on drugs, escorts, and girlfriends, luxury hotels, and rental properties, exotic cars, clothing, and other items of a personal nature. In short, everything but his taxes. So he was oh. indicted. Yeah. Listen to this quote. Listen to the quote. Hold on. Party. They pull, pull up in late series Mercedes Benzes decked out in oversized Raiders or Lakers jerseys and flashing fake Rolexes. Their stripper girlfriends invited their girlfriends who invited their boyfriends. They drink up the entire mini bar, call room service for filet mignon and a bottle of Don Perignon. One of the women even ordered an additional filet for her purse-sized dock. <laughs> dogs are eating better than us, Mark. It says... Listed in the indictment uh, are the following alleged payments. Yeah, can you imagine his daughter? What his daughter thinks? So we, she just got married. We we looked this up a couple couple episodes ago. Very attractive woman. Was it Naomi Biden? I believe her name is. Yeah. Um, various women. That's it. Just says various women. Six hundred and eighty three thousand two hundred twelve dollars. Uh, I'm not going to go through all these clothing and accessories. Close to four hundred grand. Insurance, $203,000? The teeth. The, the teeth. 
porcelain uh, veneers, maybe I have no idea. Yeah. Adult entertainment, $188,960. Very general topic. Telephone and utilities. How do you spend this much? $118,440. Barter, barter phones I thought were cheap, but I could be wrong. Rehab, close to 72 grand. Yeah, rehab. Huh? That was probably a little mini vacation away, believe me. Yeah. Um, Amazing. I, I, this is... I think this is we, what we all wanted to see in the first place, Joe. So he was indicted on nine tax charges in California, Joe, in the state of California. Um, three felonies, six misdemeanors, in addition to the federal firearms charges in Delaware. And apparently he could spend a maximum of 17 years in prison. Um, again, I, I think this is what we all wanted to see. On the surface, we'll give special counsel David Weiss credit for bringing forth these charges against him. No one is above the law, Joe. That's what they tell us, right? Um, so we'll see if anything happens. Uh, I think we all know how this ends, though, Joe. And I think that, um, you know, he, he's probably going to get a pardon from Joe Biden. And he won't face any jail time. So. Yeah, but. Here's the thing. If if he gets if he gets pardoned, then that's gotta be it for Biden, right? But the damage is the damage done at that point. We've said the I think you probably brought this up. If if this is the end for Joe Biden, meaning he has to bow out of the race, it would be better for him to bow out now than wait into the spring and summer, obviously. Um, but is this the end for him, meaning does he get to go on his, you know, right out, right off into the sunset, not run for president next year, and then pardon Hunter on his way out in exchange for not running? I don't know. Yeah. Anything else on the Hunter Biden thing? Because I think this is, I think we finally saw, like I said, we, we, what we wanted to see. Uh, James Comer just sent out a tweet. This is maybe an hour before we hopped on about the GOP Oversight Committee. They followed the money and identified 20 shell companies created by the Bidens from Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, Romania, China. And he just names all of them like Hudson West 3, Rosemont Seneca, some of you heard of, Rosemont Seneca Partners, Seneca Global Advisors, um, RSP Holdings, Rosemont Realty. Uh, I mean, so many shell companies, Joe. Oh, and this is this is this is just now from I believe Axios, um, from Alex Thompson on Axios. New in private, Biden Joe Biden has expressed guilt over Hunter's ongoing legal and political fights, suggesting they would be they wouldn't be happening right now if he hadn't run in twenty twenty. Mark, that's amazing to have that take. You, you would have got away with it if only for that dementia patient that ran for POTUS. It's amazing. So you're telling me. You're telling me that he didn't know about any of this stuff before he ran for president. That's that's what that tells me. Because it sounds like he wouldn't have ran had he known this was all going to come crashing down on the smartest man he's ever met. That's what he said. It's almost sounds like he's like regretting the fact that this is all happening now and it's going to yeah. be the end of his demise. But it might not be. Who knows with Merrick Garland and Chris Ray and the FBI and DOJ. So it seems like we have enough evidence here to at least talk 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 to the Bidens. Yeah. <laughs> growth, maybe. Uh, well, I don't know. While we're on Biden, and I don't want to jump ahead, but while we're on Biden, Joe, 
Alex Jones did say that sources have told him from inside the White House that Biden wanders around naked in the White House and has and has been doing that and has no idea where he's at. In addition, in addition to being pumped with amphetamines, um, going back to the 2020 campaign. I would say I find it a little bit hard to believe, and it sounds like it's just like embellishment, but he's really creepy. He's so creepy around kids and, and everyone in general that, I, I don't know, it makes me think like it's probably true. I'm not going to sit here and dot Alex Jones after some of the stuff he said that has come true and that he's been spot on about. Um, I mean, he would have no reason to even lie about that, to be honest with you. It's not like people felt like that's going to catch anyone off guard. Um, it's been following Biden for the last couple of years, but who knows? Yeah. So uh, speaking of taxes, I know we're going to, we're going to begin to wrap up here in the next uh, few minutes, but speaking of taxes, Joe, we saw over the last couple of days, <clears throat> Japanese, well, now American megastar, the modern-day Babe Ruth, Shohei Otani signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers for a staggering $700 million, Joe, over 10 years. It's insane, right? Uh, we don't even know if he's going to pitch again because he had Tommy John surgery on his elbow. So they basically paid $700 million for a DH as it stands right now. Uh, but when he is healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. And one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball. So that puts his value at an astronomical number. He's like, dollars, Joe. If, I, if I could jump in, he's like Brendan Fraser from The Scout, if you've ever seen that movie. <laughs> yes. $700 million in California is quite the payday for the state treasury and Gavin Newsom, right, Joe? What? Over the life of that contract, you're probably looking at probably 320 or so million dollars is the oh, number. Yes. Yeah. Uh, taxes in general, he's, he's, he he won't keep, he, he might keep 49% of that. So this just came out in the last 24 hours. What did Shohei Otani and his agent do? They've deferred the bulk of this contract to 2034. This is one of the most brilliant moves I've seen in sports. He is going to be paid $2 million a year. For the next 10 years, Joe, for a total of 20 million. And after that, in 2034, when he could just pick up and walk out of the state of California, he'll be paid the balance of 680 million. Joe, where would you move to? I'd go. Well, I, have to say, I have to say, well, Texas obviously doesn't have, I think, any in Florida. But I have to say the Japanese are very, very, very good with math. So this does not surprise me at all. Genius move by him. He's saving himself literally, literally over $100 million in taxes. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Um, But it, but definitely a brilliant move. So again, I don't, yeah, go ahead. Well, this was, a, why doesn't every player in California do this? <laughs> That's a great move. I mean, I guess the Dodgers had to agree to this. I don't know, but if this is the standard, goodbye, goodbye, California. If like everyone's going to do this, where they just start deferring their income to after they leave California, that's 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 not a good sign for your state, right? Um, but yeah, a genius move by Shohei Otani. 
to do this. So again, recapping this, 10 years, 70 million, but he's only going to be paid 2 million a year for the next 10. And in 2034, he'll probably pack up his bags out of uh, Chavez Ravine in sunny Southern California, head off and move somewhere where he doesn't have to pay all that income tax. So good on you, Shohei Otani. Um, Our founding fathers are so proud. Yeah, beating the system. All right, Joe, let's wrap up with this Alex Jones interview that came out on Tucker Carlson a few days ago. Joe, have you been? Have you had a chance to watch it yet? I know it's difficult. To watch I, I honestly, I think that might have been his best episode, and he, he's had a lot of good episodes. But yeah. Alex Jones, I, I, you almost forget because I don't watch him anymore. He's been off Twitter. I really don't watch Infowars or, or here. To, you forget how awesome he is. He's just a force, man. Um, yeah, he, he he was banned from Twitter for five years, and then he went on Tucker Carlson. And what do we see next? Elon Musk put a poll up asking, I think it was what, finished 70% to 30% to bring him back on the platform because, I mean, it's just words. He's not he's not calling for violence. He's not saying go kill Joe Biden or go do this or go kill people. He's just trying to bring people's awareness levels up to what's going on around them. Maybe he's wrong, but who am I to judge, right? Who are we to judge? So he's back on Twitter, Alex Jones. And now, Mark, we get to hear amazing clips like this again. Before my heavenly father. <laughs> People are literal demon spawn of the pit of hell. Look at him. And you know what? He is better than you if you keep letting him run your life. He runs your kids. He runs the schools. He runs the banks. This guy. He's talking about Brian Stelter. This smiling, leering devil that thinks you can't see what he is. He is your enemy. Period. All the narcissistic devil-worshipping filth. I see you, enemy. I see you, enemy. 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 You are my enemy. Full resistance to you and everything I've got. Still going, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, um, Alex Jones. He has one point uh, seven million followers on on X right now. Uh, he does have a. Uh, I think Infowords is still a thing. Looks like yes, it is. is. Infowords.com. Uh, from one day ago, he pinned this. I want to thank Tucker Carlson for the below interview. It enabled me to escape the phantom zone and let the world know what I really stand for. Tucker broke the matrix. Um, and he's uh, he's been kind of active on X. Um, Elon Musk expresses that he is pro-human and the importance of having an optimistic perspective on the future of humanity. The notion of overpopulation is a myth. Uh, watch the full video here. Um, so he's been busy um, as of today even. 
General Flynn calls for an intellectual debate between Alex Jones, Elon Musk, and others against the globalists of the world like Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab. That'd be a good one. Um, so he's- Did you uh, see they, they did a spaces on Twitter and it was like him, Elon. They were all, all the cool people were in it. And then yes. Vivek was, was pissing with a hot mic. Yes, I love it. <laughs> um, so good for Alex Jones to be back. Um you know, again, going back to the First Amendment, freedom of speech, uh, you know, he he deserves to have a voice, you know, and a lot of what he said has uh, has come to fruition. So speaking, speaking of, of being back, you see who else is back, Mark? Uh, Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. And network. Yes. Talk about Tucker, the Tucker News Network. Uh, so this the, right before we, we we came on this morning, actually, I saw it. It's the account's been on since October of 2023. Just I guess no one knew about it. And he posted this video. I told you the guys torching Wendy's in 2020 were mostly peaceful. They said the mask worked. They told you the vax was safe. They tried to convince you that Russia blew up its own pipeline. The corporate media lied and smiled. And it killed them. We're driving to see join us on. Believe me when I wait, tell you. Wait, wait. I should be down. boycotting, but like. Yeah, there's a chair. Thank you. DrCarlson.com. <laughs> Go out yeah. and check out Mark. This is what we need. Journalism like this. We are we are the front line here. People like us that just do this out of the goodness of our heart because we have no agenda. You could literally put it on our tombstone. We don't have an alternate agenda. We don't have anything like that. I feel like everyone in the news media does. But now the biggest one I appear, it appears as if the biggest one in media is going to be his own boss forever now. Yeah. Uh, the official name is Tucker Carlson Network, TCN. And that branding is already on his latest video, with uh, latest interview, I should say, with John Daly, uh, which is on X right now. So you could join Team Tucker. I'm on here right now. You could do nine bucks a month or 72 bucks for the year. Um, and you get unlimited access to five brand new shows, speeches, films, and more from Tucker Carlson, premium investigative reports and short documentaries, exclusive behind the scenes looks at Tucker Carlson's biggest interviews and access to Tucker's personal inbox to ask him anything that's on your mind as part of weekly Ask Tucker episodes. Joe, I am contemplating joining. Um, I need to pare down some of the things that I've, I'm getting news from um, myself personally. Uh, but this would be great. Um, I always try to hear the other side as well. So I do listen to things like Breaking Points, which is kind of a down the middle podcast. Um, but uh, this would be great. Um, I'm probably going to sign up for this and maybe do a monthly subscription to see what it's like at first and uh, see how that goes before committing to a full year. But uh, Joe, are you going to be joining the Tucker News Network, Tucker Carlson News? Absolutely, Mark. And you mentioned earlier how you listen to Breaking Points. That that's That's what we need to do is as people of this country, as citizens, just listen to Tucker, listen to, listen to breaking points, listen to every outlet you have time to listen to gather as much information as you can. Just use your own discernment. That's, that's all. That's all we're asking. Yep. So. All right. Um, we have to wrap up, but before we do that, Joe, uh, this is something that we wanted to mention here. This is from insider paper, breaking news. Breaking news. Um, there was a lot here, Joe. Uh, I don't know how much time you have, but 
Zelensky pleaded Tuesday in Washington for continued U.S. military aid, but the Republican House Speaker poured cold water on the desperate bid for help. Um, the only thing here that's in the way of Mike Johnson and pouring cold water in this would be Republicans from you know, defecting over to the Democrats to approve this. So uh, we'll see how uh, in lockstep the Republicans are in the House. Good, good. All right, let's keep an eye on that. And uh, that's all we got for today. Joe, anything else you want to uh, close with? Just in closing, I want to say this is episode 83. I don't know how many more we'll have this year. But if you guys remember, you go back and listen. The first episode of the year in my opening rant, I basically said we are no different than medieval serfs. How does that look today? Look, look at what we covered today. They are literally going back to you, the peasants, and telling them they want more. They want more of your possessions, more of what you got. And we're not going to get anything back in return. Is your health care any better? Is your grocery store trips any cheaper? And now they're telling us they're going to round us up in some kind of sick crusade, maybe? Our children and the, the, the youngest and best and brightest and send them to where? I don't know, China, Ukraine, Middle East, Guyana? Who knows? Time now more than ever to pay attention to what's going on in this country. And that's all I got, Mark. I mean, it's just... Every week, you got to pay attention. You have to know what's going on. You have to be an active participant in this. We have an election coming up in like 10 months. Well, are, are we going to get there, Joe? Are we going to get to that? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. It's going to be a fun ride, though, regardless. It's going to be very fun. It is going to be a, a wild ride. And we are, what, 19... Days in a few hours from 2024, the year we've been talking about, the year that we think is going to be absolute mayhem on planet Earth. And uh, hey, buckle up. We will be here every step of the way. Definitely not going to be another four-year election, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great rest of your week. God bless. God bless these United States of America. And we'll see you next time.